Welcome to Real Estate of Mind, a farming group podcast. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate of Mind. I'm Andy Gutman, and I have the honor and pleasure today of being here with the co-founders of Bees in the D, Brian Roost-Peterson and Brian Peterson-Roost. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. We appreciate having you here today. So for our listeners who may not be familiar with Bees in the D, although uh, it's a growing following, it's like a cult following nowadays, <laughs> and uh, but I'd love it if you could tell the story of Bees in the D, let our listeners know who you are and what you're all about. Sure, I would love to. Uh, Bees in the D is a nonprofit organization. Uh, we've actually only been in existence for a little over two years. We're coming up on our third year, but it stems back a little bit further. Um, about 10 years ago, um, I was contacted by uh, the, the science coordinator of the school district where I teach. I'm a fifth grade teacher in Rochester Community Schools. And she said that the Women's Garden Club of Rochester would like to sponsor a teacher over the summer to go up to Beaver Island, um, which is off the coast of Charlevoix, Michigan. It's a beautiful place if you haven't been. And there's a biological center there. Um, and there was a class being offered through Oakland University uh, called Beekeeping Across the Curriculum. Nice. And they wanted to sponsor a teacher to take a two-week crash course on beekeeping. And being that I love nature and it was I kind of viewed it as a little getaway I was sign me up um, <laughs> so off I went to Beaver Island and I tell everybody this there's lots of bee puns so warning um, <laughs> I caught the bug ah. and fell in love with beekeeping um, and actually became very close with the professor from Oakland University that taught the class uh, Dr. Diane Tracy uh, she was a beekeeper herself and decided to continue on in beekeeping and kind of become her uh, apprentice, if you will. She mentored me um, in beekeeping at Oakland University. They have an apiary there. Oh, nice. Um, and so I learned and just kept learning, got a few of my own hives when I lived up in Lake Orion. Um, eventually I met Brian, the other bee, and uh, we moved down to Detroit, and that's actually how we got our name, Bees in the D, because we're both named Brian, right? and all of our friends would call us the Bees, <laughs> and they would say, we're going to go see the Bees in the D. That's great. And so that's how we got the name. Um, and I was actually inspired to start it in the city because I thought my beekeeping days were done because I was out kind of in the country with the beehives. Um, but I went on vacation in New York City, and I was at Battery Park, and literally just feet away from me in this park, a public park, there's beehives. Wow. And I thought, wait a second. I mean, millions of people walk by here, and they have the highs right there. And so it kind of inspired us to start Bees in the D in Detroit. Um, and we started with just six hives uh, two years ago on top of two buildings of friends that owned businesses. And the next summer, people started hearing about it, and we went up to 29 hives. And now we are currently over 90 hives throughout Southeast Michigan and into Canada. So that's an incredible growth. Everybody that's... loves the bees. Yeah. <laughs> Both you and the, yeah, the bees in well, the Well, thank bee. you. Yeah, you <laughs> I go. hope so. 
So, you know, what you're doing now with your organization, I think is really an important thing. And sitting down with you originally and hearing the importance of it really made it an easy uh, item for Farbman to take on. And we're, you know, Farbman has its Farbman Cares Committee. We really try to be involved in the community, but we have to be selective about the different groups we participate in. And, and really just sitting down with you both once, uh, we got the message and, and the importance of it. But if you could help articulate that to our listeners and help them understand why your, your organization, what you do is so important and, and critical to not only our city, but to everyone, uh, mm-hmm. that would be really helpful. Well, well, first, it's, it's an honor that Farman saw what our mission is because our mission, has, it's kind of twofold. Um, Right in our mission, it talks about education, but it also talks about conservation. Um, And so being a teacher myself, I feel the education is extremely important. But the conservation part, really, I mean, if you think about it, in the last uh, five years, the honeybee population has declined in America 30%. And there's a lot of red flags, and a lot of people are saying that honeybees are an indicator species um, that are showing that, okay, if this animal is starting to struggle there may be more down the road that are going to struggle and what's causing that Um, and we need them because they are important pollinators to our food industry absolutely and so um, some uh, scientists actually say that you get 70 percent higher yield if there is a beehive within the two to three mile radius of your garden, your fields, your orchards, um, I mean, that's significant. It is. Um, I, I, I have to share a little bit of a story. Back when I did live in Lake Orion, I had a beautiful garden and, and I got a fair amount of vegetables and this was before the bees, but I was that person out there with a paintbrush that was self, I was pollinating it with the brush oh. <laughs> because on my zucchini plants, for example, the, the blossoms were just falling off which is an indication that they weren't, you know, pollinated. And if they're not pollinated, they can't go to fruit. Um, So I ended up getting the beehives and (laughs) the opposite happened, where now I have so much zucchini, so many tomatoes that I learned to can. I learned to make everything known to man with zucchini and couldn't (laughs) give it away, you know, fast enough because uh, the bees were obviously pollinating it. So I think it's very important that we you know, have them as pollinators. And it's not just honeybees that pollinate. I mean, we do have native pollinators because honeybees are not native species. Uh, They were brought over. Um, But they almost needed to be brought over because obviously as people increase, the, the amount of crops increases. And the native pollinators, while they are incredible pollinators, they're not you know, there's the phrase strength in numbers. Right. Uh, they're usually solitary bees. So you have one bee that's pollinating as opposed to a hive of 60,000. Uh, there's strength in numbers. For sure. And so obviously more is getting pollinated through the help of honeybees. Um, but, you know, there's other pollinators too, butterflies, other, even wasps and hornets, but, you know, do pollinate a little on accident. Um, and there's even <laughs> some birds that pollinate, like hummingbirds that, you know, the pollen gets on them. But the education aspect is also extremely important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's unique bringing the hives into Detroit. Um, we have some hives at a downtown boxing gym, which is an after-school program, and the kids there um, really seem to take to the bees for... Um, a bunch of different reasons and for us to be able to talk about pollination talk to them about you know the life cycle of the honeybee 
the importance that um, that they play, you know, in so many so many different roles in their life. Um, it's just really great to bring that to these inner city kids um, that normally would just think that you know all the food comes from the grocery store. Right. Whereas you know this way we talk about pollination and and, and the process of you know the food chain um, gives them a little bit more perspective and and see uh, see a neat little insect. At the same time and that's a great thing to do it's, it's really you know the, the education of children whatever you're doing to educate them being able to see something up close and personal to them does change the narrative from I just go to Kroger or another grocery store to get my honey and that's that's what I know about right so I think that's a really valuable tool in what you're doing when you bring up the million dollar word of honey, because everybody wants to know about honey because everybody loves honey, but even within the honey industry, there's a lot of controversy. Um, A lot of honey is brought over from China, um, and we actually have agents through the government that are trying to control this honey because it's not actually honey. Um, It is, you, they use, they can use sugar water that then the bees convert to kind of honey Uh, but if it's not nectar that's coming from a plant it's not technically honey Um, and so a lot of the honey that you buy in the store is not raw honey and they do uh, scientists have proven that raw honey is a superfood and it is really uh, essential to our health Um, and there's a lot of aspects about honey that uh, could help you with maybe allergies, um, you know, even stomach issues. Mm. Um, so honey is amazing. It's actually the most preservable food on this planet. They wow. actually found honey in the ancient pyramids, and it was still honey. Um, it, it may crystallize, but it's still honey, and all you have to do is put it in a, a warm water or hot bath, and it will go right back to its liquid state, which is... So people out there, if you have honey that's crystallized in your cupboard, it's still good. Wow. Um, it's great to put in your tea. You don't even have to do the hot bath. But if you do the hot bath, it will go back to its liquid state. So I learn something new every time I talk to you guys. That's, that's pretty <laughs> incredible. In the pyramids. So now Farman is signed up. We have uh, beehives at several of our locations. And in doing that, when we get that narrative out to our employees, to our people, everyone's really excited about that. But there are sometimes some concerns, misconceptions that people have. And I wonder how you address that, you know, those misconceptions when you're talking to people. Because it was an easy sale for us. The benefits far outweigh anyone's concerns. But we like to put people's minds at ease. So how do you deal with the misconceptions that may be out there with honeybees? Uh, definitely. I mean, first of all, though, the response that we're getting about honeybees is so encouraging and exciting because people, they just want to know more and they're excited about them. And a lot of people have said to us, I don't see the bees anymore. They used to be in the flowers. We're concerned. And so that really it means a lot because it shows that uh, people are noticing and do care. But you are correct. One of the biggest hurdles we have is when you start thinking about safety. Yeah. Um, and so with that hurdle, the main thing, and that's part of our mission, is education. Uh, there's a lot of misconceptions because we tend to just put everything that uh, does sting in one category and we say, they're bees. Right. And that's not necessarily true because there are 
bees, there are wasps, there are hornets, and even other species. Um, and so uh, I always like to tell this story because usually, especially here in Michigan, we love our apple orchards. We love to go in the fall to get those donuts and the cider. <laughs> and it, without fail, especially if it's a warm day, you have that bee, quote unquote, that seems like it's up in your space or landing on your, your cider cup or your donut. It's actually not a bee at all. It is a wasp, and those are yellow jackets. And yellow jackets, towards the end of the season, um, because of how they go through the winter, they seriously are desperate to get as much food before the winter months. Unlike the honeybees, which also need a lot of food, but they're on a mission. And so if you've ever seen a beehive in action, in, out, in, out, in, out, because those bees, you've heard the expression, busy as a bee, they are literally like there is no, they're like a horse with blinders on they have a mission and they're going to go accomplish it and so they've already communicated with the other bees in the hive to share where there's some rich nectar or some great pollen and so they're leaving the hive and going straight to that location so that they could bring it back um, bees actually the worker bees literally work themselves to death i mean it's it's literally sad but they're doing it to save their colony right. um, and that's where like we said we get the expression busy like a bee and uh, they, the life expectancy of a honeybee a worker bee is about 40 days oh, really? that's it that's short um, yeah it's extremely short but they have a mission and they don't have time <laughs> to veer off of that mission um, so it is a little bit challenging but man there's nothing like getting people suited up for safety of course um, and going into a hive to show them this incredible world and just interviewing them before we go in the hives, some of their thoughts, what they think is going to happen. And then afterwards, it is a complete 180. And people are, are just, it's nothing like they imagined. And they are, they're just pleasantly surprised to get to be a part of this world where it's almost like, I guess it's kind of funny to say a fly on the wall, but you are, I mean, when you take the frames out, the bees just keep working. Right. It's, they don't stop. They just keep going. I mean, there's even been times that I've taken a frame out and the queen bee is on the frame. She's still laying eggs. Oh, wow. You know, it's like a little mobile home, but I put it back <laughs> in there and I mean, they just keep working because that's their, that they have to for their livelihood to make it through the winter, especially. So, um, yeah, there are a lot of misconceptions, but... Um, that's one reason we're here to try to help uh, be a voice for the bees so that we can help, you know, put people's minds at ease when it comes to the honeybees. Yeah, I think that's a great thing. And I will tell you, the, the excitement with our own employees, they're all excited about the idea of getting to learn a little bit about that and to suit up and to be educated. I, you know, we've heard so many people that are interested that I would have thought never would want to be around bees or would, you know, have some adversity to that. But uh, there's more excitement than there is fear, which is which means we're doing the right things. We're educating people. We're, you know, getting them to know about that. So, I will tell you, we're we're excited to have that uh, that opportunity, and our employees are, and their families. So, uh, we thank you for that as well. So, any final words or thoughts that you want to get out to our listeners so they understand a little bit more about what you do or about bees in the D? Well, we get asked a lot um, from people that we meet on how they can help or how they can get involved. Um, they might not necessarily want to have a beehive in their backyard, but want to know what things that they can do around their house to you know, better the environment for bees. 
Um, you know, obviously by planting wildflowers, um, cutting back on any kind of chemicals that you're putting on your lawn or sprays. Um, you know, just let those dandelions grow. You know, they are one of the first food sources for the bees uh, in, in the springtime. And they look kind of pretty as well. Um, other things they could do, um, take your bird, be, uh, bird bath and, you know, you could put some stones in and that'll give the bees a landing space where they can uh, use as a water source. Um, and I guess the, the other ways you can get involved is um, if you could go to our, our webpage, uh, which is beesinthed.com, uh, like us on all the social media, social media platforms uh, at Bees in the D, uh, because we have a lot of events uh, that are educational, that are fun, uh, that uh, help you get to know a little bit more about bees in a fun way. Um, so I, I guess that would pretty much uh, is some areas that you can get involved. That's great and helpful, and I know our, our, our phones will be uh, lighting up for you <laughs> with people who want to be involved, and uh, they'll be getting out to your website as well. I can't thank you enough for being here today and for all you're doing for the bees, for the community, uh, our partnership with uh, Farming Group and Bees in the D. We're grateful for that. Uh, for our listeners, this has been Andy Gutman and Brian Roost-Peterson and Brian Peterson-Roost uh, for Real Estate of Mind. Join us next time for another wonderful edition of Real Estate of Mind, a Farming Group podcast.